story one of the crimson gardenia and other tales of adventure by rex peach this librivox recording is in the public domain story one the crimson camellia part two van damme being accustomed by this time to a certain obedience lifted the girl up to the top of the fence scrambled over it himself and held up his arms to her he was in another yard much cleaner than the one he had just quit there were trees and flowers in it and looking down on them were shuttered windows which seemed empty as she surrendered her weight to him he gave rein to the license which was in his blood and pressed a warm kiss back of her mask where the hair lay in wispy ringlets against her neck mon dieu what a man she laughed struggling gently to free herself you had better put on your mask we haven't far to go but there may be observing eyes am i uh, quite the person you pictured he queried as he adjusted the false face not at all you have never seen me before the to-day of course not how could i i have seen you often impossible where dreams said van damme vaguely yet with some degree of truth this all seems like a dream as a matter of fact i'm afraid i'll turn over and you'll change into an old lady with hoop skirts or a flock of purple snowbirds or a friendly crocodile with gold spectacles she pondered this for a moment as they made their way across the yard being careful in the meanwhile to see if they were observed after a moment she halted wait she said i'm not sure we dare risk going farther for the streets are alarmed and the wolf is in the neighborhood with all his pack i had thought to take you straight home but now they will be watching it would be madness to try it again she fell silent only to exclaim i have an idea come she turned abruptly to the right where are we going now he inquired mildly she pointed to a house the back yard of which abutted upon the one that they were crossing yonder is your cousin alfred's house he is away at business the servants are out watching the carnival and so it is empty do you dare venture it just the thing he said amiably i owe alfred a call the girl laughed shortly ah he would die of rage or fright if he knew but you can wait here while i go oh i say you're not going to leave me queried raleigh in genuine alarm of course silly someone must bring her van damme fell silent speculating upon this last remark after a moment he said you're sure alfred won't return who knows we must run some hazards the key will be under the step i think come they gained ingress to the next enclosure through a cedar hedge then as they neared the back door a distant commotion sounded from the stable-yard warning them that the spider's friends had stumbled upon him but the girl's ready fingers found the key where it was hidden and an instant later they were in a spotless creole kitchen ornamented with shining pots and pans a cat rose from a sleepy window ledge arched its back and stretched with a warning gesture van damme's guide bade him wait then disappeared returning in a moment it is as i thought the house is empty she beckoned him and he followed her past a pantry down a hall and into a study furnished with a considerable degree of elegance drawn blinds shut out the glaring heat it was dim and cool and restful the maiden heaved a sigh of relief and steadied herself against one of the massive mahogany chairs showing by her attitude that the recent strain had told upon her 
heaven be praised you are safe here for a time at least she managed to say nice comfy place this remarked van dam with an appreciative glance at the surroundings uh, we can sit here and uh, get acquainted eh? hm, i think i have learned to know you quite well in the past half hour she laughed true but we've had very little chance to talk calmly and rationally now have we of course you're accustomed to such things perhaps but it has been a trifle strenuous for a person of my easy ways i don't mind telling you that i'm positively winded let's rest a bit before you leave but the girl shook her head at his suggestion you forget how she has waited and longed for this hour she has been very ill nothing seemed to interest her until you promised to come on the last day of the fiesta since then she has been like another woman she is counting the moments now until she feels your arms about her raleigh stirred uncomfortably for here was something he had not counted upon one woman at a time was ample he had no desire to hold another to his breast he was shocked too that this girl should suggest such a thing after what had passed between them it was unseemly he felt tempted to confess his deception and to demand an explanation of the whole affair but some sense of shame held him back besides his companion was undoubtedly sincere and he could not bring himself to cause her dismay another reason that urged him to hold his tongue and to let the adventure run its course was that as yet he had not yet seen her face the desire to do so was becoming insufferable he was about to claim the privilege when she changed the current of his thoughts you must not be shocked if she does not recognize you she has been ill very ill since you uh, proved so great a trial to her you understand perfectly he said thankful that she could not detect his signs of bewilderment very well then you will make free of your cousin alfred's hospitality while i am gone she laughed nervously la there is irony for you suppose he should return in the meantime she shrugged oh, you seem quite capable of caring for yourself monsieur i should not wish to be in his shoes that is all but there is little danger and now i must leave you just a moment he said taking her two hands in his you have seen my face don't you think i wish to see yours her breath caught at the tone of his voice not yet please when i return when you have held her in your arms and made your peace then perhaps if you wish but not until then she pressed his fingers meaningly and he thrilled you haven't spoken my name either said he won't you tell me that you like me i like you cousin emile said she then in a voice that told him she was blushing rosily and what name do you give to me raleigh's wits came to his rescue barely in time with an air of deepest tenderness that was not all assumed he said well, i haven't dared acknowledge the name my heart has given you even to myself it is no no she laughed tremulously call me madeline madeline desire of my dreams he raised her hand to his lips until you give me leave to lift your mask i kiss these dimpled fingers 
it was plain that his boldness did not altogether displease her for she paused reluctantly upon the threshold her eyes were shining although her mask smiled at him vacuously as she said you are a most unusual young man you awaken something strange within me i cannot despise you as i should for you have taken away my reason that is disturbing is it not now then avail yourself of the hospitality of the man who has robbed you i shall return as fast as ever my feet will bring me she waved him a kiss and was gone he heard the front door close then he endeavoured to piece out some theory as to the cause of this situation but the more he considered the clues in his possession the more bewildered he became one thing only stood out with alarming certainty his cousin madeline had gone to fetch a woman who loved him so long as the adventure had concerned him only with the masked girl herself he had been eager to continue it now that it threatened to involve a second woman he decided it was time to go she would return and find him gone it would be a disappointment perhaps but not so great as his own at parting from her and leaving this mystery unsolved he was somewhat proud of his exploits thus far for in an hour's time he had met and bested two of his enemies and had changed a maiden's heart no mean accomplishment for an idler but why did she feel that she ought to despise him why had she risked so much for a man beloved by another why under these circumstances had she welcomed his advance and promised him a sight of her face a kiss perhaps above all who were the black wolf the spider and cousin alfred he gave up puzzling over the affair and determined to get out of this stranger's house without delay it was evident that cousin alfred was a person of substance for the study was furnished in rich old santo domingo mahogany blood-red and flaming where the light struck it the books were bound in uniform levant the paintings were valuable the bric-a-brac in irreproachable taste an inlaid ivory humidor was filled with coronas at exactly the right degree of moisture he removed the ground-glass stopper from an etched decanter and sniffed of the contents the aroma brought a smile to his face and reflecting that the owner had robbed him he took some time to pour out a drink and to light a fragrant cigar all gentlemanly housebreakers did the like he reflected then he yielded to whimsical notion and fumbled in his pocket thinking to leave the price of his refreshments on the tray midway in this purpose he paused the breath hung in his throat the hair at the back of his neck seemed to rise he had heard no one enter the house there had been no faintest stir since madeline had left he detected no sound whatever and yet he was positive that eyes were boring into his back that he was no longer alone it was ridiculous and yet a gentle cough sounded behind him with a swift gesture he settled his mask back in place and whirling around beheld the most evil-appearing human being he had ever seen the man was little and stooped and undersized all but his head which was unusually large his face was fleshless and covered with a tight skin of unusual pallor he was bowing at van damme but his smile was mocking and his eyes glittered malignantly good day monsieur black wolf 
said the stranger harshly making yourself at home with my wines as usual eh van dam felt the cold sweat leap upon his body he cursed the deliberation that had betrayed him with an assumption of indifference he mumbled something and waved his cigar carelessly how often must i tell you to come here only at night snarled the old man already the police are suspicious fortunately it is carnival day i dare say no one suspected you in that disguise the speaker deposited his hat upon the table with a sour glance then when his caller said nothing he snapped well well what is it van dam was at a loss for words he was panic-stricken but swift upon his consternation came a reckless determination to take advantage of the old gentleman's first mistake and try to brazen the matter through there was nothing to be gained by explanation no one would believe his story he spoke out boldly the wolf is hurt and the spider i think has his neck very neatly broken i came to tell you that your cousin emile is in the city the effect of these words was amazing electric cousin alfred turned a corpse-like green he froze in his tracks his eyes rolled in their sockets emile here his teeth chattered he plucked at his collar as if he were strangling then you who are you raleigh shrugged i'm one of the others i was sent to warn you he recognized now the character of the old fellow's emotion it was cowardice terror but of such utter foulness as to be disgusting evidently this emile whoever he was had a reputation raleigh multiplied his host's discomfiture by adding oh yes he struck down the wolf in the street then dropped the spider on his head from the top of a staircase god help us stammered cousin alfred he will take me next oh he has threatened me he cast a frightened glance over his shoulder as if expecting the sanguinary emile to appear at any moment then he began to whine i know him i know him and the servant's gone i-i am an old man he wouldn't like nothing better than to find me alone but how dared he come wait it was felice oh i'll wager she sent for him and he would not refuse the scoundrel the speaker's lips were wet and loose his gaze was very evil as he mumbled along felice must be the other girl the one for whom madeline had gone raleigh decided in view of alfred's evident hatred it did not seem right to allow madeline to bring the other girl without some warning one glance at those working features convinced the young man that such a meeting would be dangerous and yet he was quite at a loss how to prevent it his host was running on it was only yesterday that she appealed to me she and madeline and all the time they knew he was coming he ground his teeth i have been a fool to spare them so long this uh, felice van dam ventured groping blindly for some clue your cousin emile is fond of her i judge damnation he would pass through fire for her and she would sacrifice her soul for him alfred poured himself a drink with shaking hand the glass rattled against the decanter he spilled the wine over his waistcoat as he gulped it so they planned to catch me napping eh? but we shall see yes yes we shall see 
after a moment during which he pulled himself together he continued you shall remain here with me when he comes we shall afford him a surprise he slid open a drawer in the big desk and took from it a revolver at which raleigh exclaimed i say whatever makes you think you'll come here oh he will come there is no doubt of it he has promised me that much those were his last words uh, why don't you clear out you don't have to stay and see him but the old man's eyes were red and vindictive as he shook his head you don't understand so long as he lives we are none of us safe not even you besides he would return again he hangs upon me like a leech i-i dream about him well what are you going to do if i if i should kill him the law would say nothing i could kill him very easily and nothing would be said you understand cousin alfred's lips were watery little drops of moisture gleamed upon his sallow face he eyed the pistol with a shrinking fascination i-i he fell to trembling weakly as his first desperation cooled van damme watched him curiously he looked up at length to meet raleigh's gaze his own eyes were wavering his face was distorted with mingled fear and eagerness he stretched his neck as if he already felt on it the fingers of his cousin emile when van damme did not offer to help him he whined he has always intended to even up the score but i am an old man my hand is unsteady perhaps you, you it would be worth something to escape those dreams i could afford to pay you well as you know you are a strong man you have no nerves your hand is sure the old villain's expression was crafty he was gnawed by a fierce desire that he was loath to put into words you mean you'd like to have me make away with him queried van damme as if in a dream well, yes yes the law would say nothing how so it's not so easy to kill a man and but the reward two thousand dollars you would get that i will double it eh come now is it a bargain the speaker was trembling but when he received no answer he went on i will take the blame upon myself i will say that i did it and you will get the money four thousand dollars let us say five thousand eh a tidy sum for a moment's work with no risk we are alone in the house and no one but the wolf knows you are here even i don't know but by the way i haven't seen you yet under the circumstances i think i'll keep my mask on van damme answered perhaps the less you know about me the better then you agree queried the other all a shake raleigh declined with a gesture eh, god five thousand dollars a fortune indeed think of it heaven knows i am not a croesus and yet i might increase even that a little what do you say six thousand then all cash this is the money you stole from emile i believe said van damme you could afford even more seven thousand five hundred chattered alfred not another cent or i shall do it myself good you do it raleigh exclaimed whereat the tempter writhed and shivered in an ague of fear with a wail that came like a sob and with a final wrench of his miserly soul he exclaimed wait then i will pay you ten thousand dollars if you kill him the money is there it will bankrupt me but god above ten thousand dollars it is scarcely worth it such a little job how do i know you'd make good 
inquired the young man you robbed him you might rob me i have promised it is there in the safe the moment he is dead bah mr van dam managed a mocking laugh although his heart was pounding your word is worth nothing to me alfred made answer by slipping across the room and kneeling before the steel safe he spun the knob swiftly to right and to left then gave a wrench and the massive door opened come here van dam obeyed look he saw legal documents deeds mortgages and blue envelopes all neatly marked then a cash drawer crowded full of symmetrical packages of crisp new ten-dollar bills each with its bank band plainly labeled one thousand dollars ah you're satisfied the owner was staring craftily up at him careful to keep his body between van dam and the treasure jove raleigh exclaimed in astonishment you'll be robbed some night is it a bargain i'm no business man the masker hesitated with an air of extreme suspicion will you pay in advance at this cousin alfred uttered a bleat of dismay but raleigh was firm i'm not sure you'd open the safe again don't you see besides it would take time and i'd prefer not to wait really i would for i'm always a bit nervous after a job of this kind listen then exclaimed the old man i will close the safe but i will leave the combination off see we must each run some risk in this matter i suppose but i trust you once it is over there will be no delay a moment and you can be away with ten thousand dollars in your pocket and with me to do the explaining why he had allowed the affair to run to such an extraordinary length van dam hardly knew except that he wished to gain time he had no idea that the mysterious emile would really come to the house for madeline had as much as told him that a far different reason lay behind the young man's presence in the city what did concern raleigh however the more he considered it was the possible consequence if the two girls returned thus far he had been able to meet each new surprise each fresh situation with a resource that amazed himself but if they came face to face with him and alfred his own masquerade would end at once and disastrous explanations would certainly follow nevertheless he could not run away and leave them in an awkward position as he looked back over the fantastic occurrences of the past hour or more it amused and amazed him to realize how nicely he had fitted into the puzzle and puzzle it surely was for the whole sequence of events that had followed the purchase of the white gardenia that lay above his heart was now more bewildering than ever that there was something more than mere roguery afoot he had ample proof he felt himself groping along the edge of something vague and black and sinister but what it was what were the issues or who were the people involved he had not the slightest conception of one thing only was he sure madeline had no place in this elaborate web and woof of crime she had impressed him more deeply even than he had realized and his main anxiety now outside of a desire to protect her from the venom of this poisonous old man was to see her face to lift with his own fingers the mask that had so tantalized him the owner of the house was busily arranging the plans for emile's destruction when the doorbell rang 
he clutched his guest nervously by the arm and thrust the revolver into his hand whispering it is he the scoundrel has arrived quickly now behind the door but raleigh stepped to a front window and cautiously drawing the curtain aside peered out he saw what he had feared the figure of a petite norman maid and beside it that of a masked woman in a long dark robe well now who can it be he heard alfred whisper and discovered the senile villain peering past his shoulder it is madeline and felice raleigh explained they here oh wait i will give them a cursing to remember but before the speaker could move he found his arm pinioned behind him and his own weapon pointed at his head he uttered a squeak of amazement and terror mon dieu what is this shut up raleigh dragged the old man from the window stripped a thick curtain cord from its hook and knotted his wrists together alfred offered no resistance a horrible fear had him by the throat he hung like a sack in the younger man's grasp his eyes alone retained their activity these followed van damme in a horrified stare they seemed about to emerge from their sockets raleigh deposited his limp captive in a chair and stepping to the window tapped sharply when madeline looked up he signalled her to wait the hall portieres furnished another cord for cousin alfred's ankles and a handkerchief served as a gag as this was being adjusted however the captive quavered hoarsely who are you i raleigh laughed why i am your cousin emile the householder voiced a thin shriek and began to plead for his life then the remnants of his strength escaped leaving him a spineless heap in the great leather chair van damme bore him in his arms down the hall searching for a place of concealment this he found in a closet the door of which he closed then he hastened back to the front entrance you kept us waiting sufficiently madeline said as he stepped aside for the two women to enter raleigh's eyes were glued upon the taller of the two figures but felice seemed to take no heed of him he heard her murmuring in a sick eager voice emile my own beloved emile madeline raised her hand in a warning gesture and the young man shrank closer into the shadows courage dear she said to her companion we have arrived at last a moment now and he will come she half led half supported the taller woman into the library the next instant she was back at van damme's side drawing him into the parlor across the hall she exclaimed in a voice which showed that tears were in her eyes thank heaven no one recognized us but i was weak with fright oh it was pitiful i have wept at every step she has been calling you like that night and day go quickly she removed his mask and thrust him into the hall this was the most embarrassing moment van damme had experienced thus far he had been prepared to face eventual discovery and had decided to make a clean breast of his part in this comedy when the necessary moment arrived but this was altogether different felice was ill half demented what might be the effect upon her of this disclosure there was nothing to do however but to face it out and to make the truth known as quickly and as gently as possible but as he entered the study he received a surprise that robbed the adventure of all its entertainment that changed this comedy into a tragedy and humbled the man's reckless spirit end of story one part two